the way you live the rest of your life. You're going to hear three things over and over and over in the next 40 days. You're going to hear, I'm going to learn to love my Bible. Everyone say, love my Bible. I'm going to learn my Bible. I'm going to live my Bible. Every, listen to me, every failure in the human race is a result of not living the Word of God. Every, every divorce, every financial failure, every, ch- every children running around misbehaving, someone didn't practice the Word of God. It's just a fact. D.L. Moody said this years ago, he said, this book is the only book that will keep you from sin, and sin is the only thing that will keep you from this book. We want to impart. We want to study together. We want to talk about together. We want to, over the next 40 days, allow God's Word to do what only it can do in our lives. We're going to talk about that a little bit more this morning, but I I really want to encourage you to make these next attending a small group someplace in the middle of the week. At the end of the service this morning, we're going to introduce some small group leaders and like Christina said, there's a Google. You can go to our website. You can click on the 40-day of the Word. I love my Bible campaign banner. It'll take you right to the Google map. You'll be able to see where the different small groups are in our community. But I would encourage every person to be a part. Listen, there is no one in this room that has it all figured out. There is no one in this room that knows the Bible from A to Z, that knows how to imply and how to interpret. And we're going to talk about that this morning. But I challenge you, challenge every person to be a part of this campaign. Next Sunday, we are going to have our official grand opening with Martha Munizzi at the Millennium Campus. She will be at this campus at 9 o'clock. I would encourage you to come early, bring a friend, and then at the 1030 campus at Millennium. It's just going to be an awesome day. We're going to have a great big barbecue and a family fun day at the end of that event. But listen, guys, I'm so thrilled about what God is doing. One church, two locations. You are part of something significant. You are part of something powerful. You are part of a church that's making a difference in this community. And as we allow God's Word to saturate, penetrate, and to change our life, I believe the best is yet to come. And everyone said amen. Amen. We stated at the beginning of the year that we had a passion to see every person in this city. We want, to, we, want to know, we want every person in this city to know that God loves them. I love my city. It's the thing some people around our church this morning are even wearing our t-shirt. I love my city. That's the vision of this church. You will never be able to love people the way that God's created you unless you know how God loves them. And this is the love letter that God has given to every one of us. How to live our life. How, how to love other people. How do we act towards other people? How how do we live the mission for our lives this morning? If you have your Bibles, we're going to look at two Scripture verses this morning. The first passage is Colossians 3, 16, and it's on the back of your card. Actually, this is kind of a condensed version of it. But if you take your little in-touch card this morning, your connection card, it has the memory verse for the week. And every single day this week, I'm going to challenge you just to allow this verse to kind of roll through your mind. The verse is very simple. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Everyone repeat that with me. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the word of Christ. And I love the rest of it. It says, as you teach and admonish one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude. The King James says, with melody, making melody in your hearts to God. Let the word of Christ dwell in you. And you richly. I want you to turn to James chapter 1. This morning our text is found in James chapter 1. We're going to read five or six verses. 
And if you could stand with me this morning for the reading of God's Word. James chapter 1, we're going to read verses 16 through 19. James is in the book, is in the New Testament. James was was the half-brother of our Lord Jesus. James was one of the apostles, one of the original 12 apostles. James didn't always believe that Christ was the Messiah. He didn't believe it. But he had a revelation, and this revelation changed his life. It changed not only the way that he thought about Jesus, but it changed the way that he thought about other people. Matter of fact, James was called a son of thunder. He was one of the ones with Peter that wanted to call fire down on people when they didn't do things the way, the, the way that they thought they should be done. And so James had a radical conversion, a conversion of love. And much of this book is the practical wisdom of how to live our life in right relationships with other people. We're going to begin with verse number 19, and James says it like this. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone say, take note. You've got to like circle that word there, take note. Take note. That means, you know, pay attention. Get the little sticky note out and kind of plast it up there in front of your computer. Take note. Pay attention to this. Everyone, everyone say everyone. That's me. Should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror. And afterward, looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently, everyone say intently, into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed. Everyone say blessed. He'll be blessed in what he does. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this time together. I pray that you will open your word to every person's heart. Thank you, Lord, that we can gather together to worship you, to learn about you, and to love you in a greater dimension in your wonderful name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Here's our big idea this morning. Here's our big idea. Focusing on God's word makes me strong in my faith and successful in life. You can click the next button and the topic come up. Focusing on God's word makes me strong in my faith and successful in life. How many of you want to be successful? Come on. How, come on. Everyone here, you want a successful marriage, you want to be successful in job, you want to be a, 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 successful, uh, a successful parent. I mean, every person here wants to be successful. And as we go through this study this morning, what you are going to really discover that the only way that you truly can be successful in life is if you meditate, if you love, if you learn, and you live by the words that are in this book. It's the only way. There is nothing else that you can measure success by in your life other than those three things. So here's the question today. How do I build my life? How do I build my life on this book? You see, a lot of people build their life on popular opinion. A lot of people try to build their life on popular culture. And the problem is when we build our life on anything other than the Word of God, our life literally will crumble. You know, Jesus said it like this. 
Jesus said that there was a guy that went to build a house. And he said one guy built his house upon a rock. Matthew chapter 7. He said one guy built his house upon a rock. Hey, let, catch this. Bill, catch this. This is a real rock. I mean, finding a rock like this in Central Florida is like finding honey in a rust bucket. I mean, it just doesn't happen. I don't know where they got this rock, but this is a solid rock. This is the kind of rock that I grew up with in Arizona or when we lived in the great Northwest. This is a real rock. If you build your house upon the rock, which is Christ Jesus and His Word, when the storms of life come, you'll stand. But he said there's another man who would build his life upon the sand. The sand of shifting popular opinion and theologies of the day. Current psychologies of the world or the generation. Political pundits and and views of people who live contrary to God's word. Build your life upon those things you're building upon the sand. And when the storms come, the Bible says, your life will will literally be swallowed away. Your life will be shaken away. Your life will just fall away. It will crumble under the heat and the intensity and the challenges that you have in your life. Over the next six weeks, we're going to learn about the Bible. We're going to learn how to love the Bible. I believe that. I believe as you begin to read and study the Bible, there will be a love for the Bible. It'll grow and increase in your life. I told someone the other day, I said, I, I have to. It's not, that I, it's not that I have to read the Bible. I have to read the Bible. I am des- I need God in a daily way. And my divine connection with God comes through time with Him. So next week, we'll talk about the inspiration. How do we know the Bible is really true? If you're out there and you're talking to people in your world and in the job, they'll say, oh, how do you know the Bible is true? I mean, there's a lot of holy books. Or those, you know, the Bible is full of errors. Has anyone ever heard someone say that before? The Bible is full of errors? Well, we're going to find out why the Bible is not full of errors. Why the Bible is inspired. How holy men of old spoke as God enabled them And they wrote down these words that have been saved throughout the thousands of years to give us instruction and lead us into truth. We talk about the foundation, the purpose. What is the purpose of the Bible? What is the purpose of the Bible? From Genesis to Revelation, God has a purpose for His Scripture. We're going to talk about illumination. Illumination is one of those words that just talks about an enlightenment or a reality. There's there's this something that happens in the human heart. It's a it's something that takes place. We're not quite on that point yet. There's something that happens in our heart. There's something that happens. We're reading the scriptures, and maybe you've been a Christian for a long time, and you've read this scripture many times, but all of a sudden, one day or one morning or one afternoon, you're reading the scripture, and something just, wow, pops out at you. It's called illumination. You see, your spirit, your spirit is dwelt or possessed by the Holy Spirit as a believer. That's what separates you from every other person on the earth. Every other person on the earth. Hey, worship team, why don't you guys come right down here in the front? You guys come, you guys come in the back. Why don't you just come on down here and join me? We're all the way down the front. It'd be awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. Illumination. The Holy Spirit illuminating to your heart and to your spirit and to your mind. That's, that's the Holy Spirit that lives and dwells in you. And then we're going to talk about interpretation. Everyone just right up here. They're going to sit down. They're doing it. They're working on it. Everyone talk. Everyone say interpretation. How do you rightly interpret the Bible? I mean, you can make the Bible say anything that you want it to say. I mean, there's, that's how wacky cults get started. That's how 
craziness and all kinds of stupid things that people do in the name of God happen because they don't rightly interpret the Bible. And so we're going to talk about how to interpret the Bible. There's only one right interpretation. There's many applications, but there's only one right interpretation of the Scripture. Then we're going to talk about integration. Everyone say integration. How do I integrate God's Word in my life? How do I integrate it into my family? How do I integrate it into my job? How do I integrate it? How, how does that happen? How do I literally develop a Christian worldview? There's a Christian worldview. I mean, we're entering, entering into this really heated political cycle and comes around every four years and people say a lot of bad things about one another. And it's amazing. They say terrible things about one another and then it's all done. They kiss and make up. I mean, you're just like, you guys really say that about? As a matter of fact, there's, there's a power couple in America. One's a Democrat and one's a Republican. And they'll be on the same talk show yelling and screaming at one another. And then I'm listening to this guy interview say, oh, God gave me the greatest wife in the world. We married 23 years. I can't believe how wonderful she is. I'm like, how can you like, because they're schizophrenia. I mean, I don't know if they really. <laughs> and the fact is this morning, there is a Christian worldview. But it isn't Republican and it isn't Democrat. It's just not. It's God's worldview. It's the worldview that God wrote in the Bible. And God has a view about life, about everything, about the dignity of human life about human relationships. God has a worldview on economics. You see, and we either buy God's view or we buy man's view. And then the last area that we're going to look about is application. How do I apply it? I'm reading the scriptures. How do I apply it in my daily life? We just read James 1, 19 through 25. It's one of those scriptures in the Bible that I don't know about you, but every time I read it, it makes me really nervous. Because I just realize how far, how far, I, so many times I've read the scripture I got up and I went out and did exactly what I just read. I mean, we've all done that. You see, we looked at it. We were like that guy who looked in the mirror, forgot what he looked at, forgot what he looked like, and just went on, just kind of went on with his life. So we're going to talk about how to make application. Uh, in your handout, everyone should have a little handout like this. In your handout, there should be a little thing, and there talks about Bible reading plans. And, but th there's something I want to point you to this morning. There's a website called 40 Days in the Word. It's the number 40, Days in the Word. And if you go to the OrlandoCityChurch.com website, you can push on, the, on that 40 Days in the Bible. I love my Bible campaign. You can push right on that banner, and it'll take you right to this website. And this website is a website where every day the top Bible scholars and theologians from around America are going to show, uh, share a 7 to 10 minute devotion on the Bible. And it's powerful. I've been doing it already this week myself. Some of the best communicators in America are going to talk about the Bible. And you can go on that website and you'll put your email address and your own password. And you'll be able to go in every day and do that. I would really encourage every person to do that every person to just take seven to ten minutes a day and allow someone to put into you truth about God's Word. Next thing that I'm going to challenge everyone in this, during this campaign to do is to be part of a small group. Everyone say small group. This is how it happens. This is how it happens. In this book, there are basic principles of how to love the Bible, how to learn the Bible, and how to live the Bible. And over the next six weeks, we're going to meet in small groups and we're going to work through this workbook. 
there's going to be homework assignments. And I know for some of us, well, we haven't been in school in, in such a long time. And I'll tell you, you will get out of this what you put into this. You will get out of this what you put into this. But I guarantee you, if you take the next 40 days and you block it out and say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to commit myself to loving the Bible, learning the Bible, and living the Bible. Your life will never be the same. Your Christian walk, I just, I'm, I'm trying to sell it the best I can, but I would challenge every person here to get yourself of one of these workbooks and get in to a small group. And then we're going to have a weekly memory verse. Our weekly memory verse this week is Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Let the word, everyone say word, of Christ dwell richly in you. That's the memory verse. So every day, every Sunday morning, we're going to talk about this verse. It's going to be up on the screen. We're going to repeat it together. And then the last thing that's going to happen is, is that I'm challenging all the small groups to apply the Bible, to apply it, to make application. In other words, we're going to study the Bible. We're going to talk about the Bible. But then you're going to be challenged as a group of believers to actually live the Bible. And so we have some small group project ideas that we're going to share with our small group leaders. But you, you and your group, you guys can do all kinds of things. Actually live out the Bible in your group. We did this in our small group a couple of years ago. And we went and helped one of the single moms in our church. We went to her house and we helped work at her house. And we helped clean up her yard and get rid of some stuff that was around her house. And it was just such a great thing that our team together and really putting into practice the things that God tells us to do. This morning in our text, James talked about this, this whole concept of the Word of God. The big idea this morning. This big idea, focusing on God's Word, makes me strong in my faith and successful in life. Focusing on God's Word makes me strong in my faith and successful in life. And I know every person here wants to be successful. Every person here wants to live the Word of God. So if you have your hand out, I want you to take that right now. And we're going to go through these notes together this morning. So God's given you five senses. He's given you the ability to hear, to see, to smell, to taste, and to touch. To hear, to see, to smell, to taste, and to touch. And actually, in your discovery of the Word of God, you can use all five. A couple of years ago, on a Sunday morning, we talked about Jesus being the bread of life. And we had four or five bread makers going in this auditorium. And when you walked in, you could smell bread. A friend of mine said, well, hey, I did better than that. I got the barbecue going, and I set it right outside the auditorium. And before each service, I just threw on a bunch of steaks, and I blew a fan right into the auditorium. I mean, you know, when that kind of thing, that sensory reality starts to happen, something changes inside of you. And you can use these five senses in discovering how to love, learn, and live the Bible. The first way that we build our life on the Bible the first way that we build our life on the Bible is that we receive or hear the Bible with our ears. We receive or hear the Bible with our ears. If you're taking notes this morning, you can write down the word receive or hear. You can receive or hear the Bible with their ears. Paul the Apostle said, Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith cometh by by hearing. What I'm doing right now is I'm declaring God's word to you. I'm speaking God's word. You can 
hear the word of God. It's, as a matter of fact, it's the primary way that people come into the kingdom of God. You first must hear, but before you can hear, you have to have someone who tells you. Faith comes by hearing. How many of you have ever been in a service and the person that was preaching was just preaching something inside of your heart? It was like exploded. And you said, when I leave there today, I'm going to do that in my life. Has anybody ever had that encounter before? You said, I heard that. It could be anything. It could be about giving. It could be about loving your spouse. It could be the way you treat your children. It could be about the Bible or prayer, all kinds of, of things. But what happened is that that seed inside of your heart, that word of God that was already in you, imparted to you by the Holy Spirit, it, it was touched by the word of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Believing's God. Believing God's word is always preceded by hearing in your life. Listen to what James says. Everyone should be quick to listen. Everyone say quick to listen. Slow to speak and slow to become angry. For a man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that so, is so prevalent. And humbly accept the word. The word accept in the Greek is the word uh, that, that we use for hospitality. It's dokomai. The word dokomai literally means to receive one as we receive one into our home. We accept one into our home. We show hospitality. In a couple of months, we're going to have our very good friend, dear friend, for over 30 years, Pastor Jenny Smith, stay with us. She's going to be with us in May. And I already started thinking about, before she comes, the things that I want to do different in my house. The things that I want to do in the room that she's going to stay in. Because we're going to receive an honored guest into our home. You see, and that's what happens when we take time. We take time with God's word and we receive it. We accept it into our life as, <laughs> as the honored word that it is. As the revered word that it really is. It is the word of God. You can take two people this morning in this service. You can take two people in this service and one person is in this room and they're like, yes, I'm ready to do that. That's incredible. 40 days. I'm going to grow my faith. I, I believe my life. I've got these areas that I've been struggling with, but I, I'm going to really learn how to apply the Bible. I'm going to really learn how to love it and learn it and live it. And then there's another person sat right now. Oh, pff, I don't get none of that. What's that about? What happened? It was the receptivity. They had two different kinds of hearts. One was accepting, the other heart was hard. Remember the old days, at least when I was a boy, when I was a kid, we had the television set that had the rabbit ears on them. Anybody remember that? And we used to have like tinfoil wrapped around them. And I'd make my sister stand up there and hold the TV like with one arm, you know, a certain direction so you could get better reception. You remember that? You know what? You get better reception. Now we just say, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can, I mean, you know, but back in the old days, we had, this we had an antenna up. And that's what our heart is. Our heart is an antenna to receive the word of God into our life. James lays out four things that need to happen. He says, first, you've got to be quiet. First, you have to quiet yourself before the Lord. Get quiet. You've got to get your spirit and your heart. Be quick to listen. You know, you ever, you, I, we've all done this. You've been really busy rushing around and you try to get a real quick word from God, like in three minutes. Okay, God, you got three minutes now. I gotta go. You know, like, well, you know. I mean, it's like you ain't gonna get anything. Does it? You know, you're like desperate. You need a quick word. 
You don't quiet your heart. You get noise. All kinds of noise. There's all kinds of distractions in our world. You ever notice that the moment you say, you know what, I'm going to read my Bible, your phone rings. Or you, if you're using your cell phones like everybody said, you're tempted to look at your Facebook. Come on. Or you're tempted to look to see who texts you or what email you got. I mean, the moment you say, I'm going to quiet myself before the Lord, I'm just going to spend time in His Word. It's the only way that you can hear from Him. You have to quiet your heart. You have to calm yourself. He says the anger of man doesn't produce anything. It's little irritations. Little irritations with your children. And then you go try to study your Bible. This doesn't work. Isn't that right? You're angry. You're frustrated. Then you try to go read your Bible. The, the wrath of man doesn't produce light. So you have to get rid of these things. You have to get rid of the anger. And then he says to have a clean heart. He says to clean your heart. Get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent. That, that word filth there in the Greek is rapirion. Rapirion. And it literally is the word for earwax. Nasty. You know that stuff you pull out of your ear in the morning with the Q-tip? That nasty stuff? Get rid of the nasty stuff from your life. You're never going to hear from God if you've got bitterness if you've got unforgiveness, if you've been watching the wrong stuff and listening to the wrong stuff and saying the wrong stuff about people, you're never going to be able to hear from God. You have to get rid of those things. You have to get those things out of your life. Evil. Anything that isn't right in our life with God. Before you meet with God, you've got to take the garbage out. Before you meet with God, you've got to get the garbage out of your life. And you know how you do that this morning? You do it by confession. Everyone say confession. First John chapter 1 says, If you confess your sin, if you confess your sin, He's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you. So this is what I do every morning. I get up because I'm a sinner and I need the grace of God and His mercy is new every morning. I get up in the morning and I walk my little dog blessing. Matter of fact, my little dog blessing walks me. No, I walk my little dog blessing around the neighborhood. And I, walk, I start walking down the street and I say, God, is there anything that I didn't ask you to forgive me for yesterday? Every, I get up and say, God, cleanse my heart today. i got to start the day fresh. I mean, I have to do it every day. got to get the junk out of my life. i got to get the earwax out of my ear. i got to get my heart clean before God so that I can hear Him, so that I can be directed by Him. It's a daily thing. This thing, confession. There are guys out there that teach it. You just say a prayer one time, a little dabble, do you? You're all good. You don't ever pray again. That's stupid. Everyone say, that's stupid. That's dumb. I mean, this power of confession. We confess to God that we've sinned and that we need Him. The third thing is that we have to humble ourselves. We humbly accept the Word planted in us. So how do we do it? We get quiet before God. I mean, if we're going to build our life on the Word, we have to get quiet before Him. We have to calm our spirit from distractions. We have to get our heart clean. And we have to come to Him humbly. We don't have it all figured out. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and He will lift you up. Humble yourself. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. The second way that you build your life on the Bible is that you read it with your eyes. You read it with your eyes. James says, it's like the man who looks intently into the perfect law. He looks intently into the perfect law. 
the man that looks intently, he says, will be blessed. That word intently means to glare, to, to glaze, to stare, to study upon. Then look intently into the word of God. He says, that man will be blessed. When you look into the word, it's like a mirror and it becomes a reflection in your life. It shows you what you should do and it shows you what you shouldn't do. So we look intently into the law of God. What so impresses me about the Jewish culture, people who are practicing, observant Jews today, what so impresses me is the emphasis they put on the law of God. I mean, from the time a child, when I, one of my favorite ministries in all of City Church is Junior Bible Quiz. Because at City Church, we are committed to teaching our children the Word of God. I mean, from the time that they're little, four or five, we have little t- ex- I don't know, X teams now, peewee teams. I got, uh, we've got every level of the team because we want the Word of God instilled into the hearts of our children. The law of the Lord is perfect. Everyone say, perfect. You look intently into the perfect law of God. And it allows you to evaluate your life and the way that you live. You see, when you look into the Word, when you look into the word as a mirror, you're able to assess the damage. <laughs> Some of you got a lot of damage. Amen. They say Queen Elizabeth, not this one, the one that she was named after in the 15 and 1600s, that as she grew older, she removed every mirror in her home. Because she was getting older and she didn't want to see what she looked like. And sometimes that's the way we don't get into the Bible. Sometimes we don't get into the Word because we really don't want to know we're like. Words are reflection. The words are reflection of what's taking place at our heart. You can glance. You can just quickly glance and then turn away. Or you can glaze. You can glance. You know, glance. You get 30 seconds. You get a real quick power verse. And you glance at it and you walk away. Or you can glaze. You can study. Put your mind and your spirit and your heart Looking intently into the Word of God. Looking intently into God's Word. There's two programs that I have on my phone, my iPad, my computer. And if you use any of those instruments on a daily basis, I would really encourage you. I mean, I have, I have so many Bibles. I mean, i got Bibles everywhere. But there's two programs that I use all the time. One is uversion.com. And on version, there are so many translations and so many different reading programs and so many ways that you can read through the Bible. The other one is blueletterbible.com. Both of, those, both of those websites will really be an aid to assist you in glazing upon the Word of God. Every, almost every single day I do a word study. Almost every single day, some word that's going through my heart and spirit, I'll, just, I'll type it in my little version, and, and it'll, it'll sort of by relevance or it'll sort of like from Genesis to Revelation. Almost every single day, I'll re- read through a word that God's put into my heart. I would challenge you today to glaze. Don't just be glancers at the word. Be glazers at the word. The third thing is that we, to, in order to build our lives in the Bible is that we must research it with our hands and our mouth. The difference between reading and studying is that you write it down. The difference between reading and studying the Bible is you write it down. My wife is a master. Every single morning, she studies the Bible. She takes notes. She writes it down. 
the next 40 days, you get into a small group and you work this workbook, you're going to be studying. You're not just going to be reading the Word. You're going to be studying the Word. Writing down what you learn. The second thing is, you talk about what you learn. The Bible says that Jesus said to the people, you search the Scriptures because you believe they will give you eternal life. And the Scriptures point to me. You search the Scriptures because they, you believe they give you eternal life. Searching the Scriptures. The Bible says in Acts chapter 17, the people at Berea were more noble. The people at Berea were more noble because what did they do? They listened eagerly to Paul's message and they checked the Scriptures day after day to see if what he said was true. In other words, don't just take the opinion of the person speaking. Go to the Scriptures. What does the Word of God say? These guys were searching the Scriptures to see if the truth, what Paul was saying, was really true. Number four, I will build my life on the Bible. I will review and remember it with my mind. I will review and remember it with my mind. James 1.25, the man who looks intently into the perfect law and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. How do you do that? How do you remember it? You memorize it. You memorize the scriptures. So you say, well, I can't memorize. I haven't been in school in 30 years. But I bet you if I was to ask you what song was your favorite song from your junior high school, your high school, you could te- tell me every single word. You're walking through the mall, and all of a sudden some pop song that you've known for 20 years comes on, and you can sing every single word to that song. Isn't that right? The power of your mind. The power of your mind is an amazing thing. And as you begin to memorize the Scriptures, the simple verses like we use on a Sunday morning, let the Word of Christ dwell richly in you. Your memory capacity will increase. So we memorize it. We memorize it. We think about it. We reflect on it. We study it. Here's the deal. The number one way, the number, I mean, the only guarantee for success in life The only guarantee for success in life is found in Joshua chapter 1, verse number 8. And I want you to turn your Bibles, and I want you to turn this verse. Joshua chapter 1, verse number 8. Joshua was a disciple of Moses. Joshua and Caleb were the only two men who actually believed and practiced God's Word. Joshua, out of three million adults, only two people actually believed what was written and they put it into practice. Those are very good odds. And Joshua said, okay guys, going forward, this is how you are going to be prosperous and successful in everything. This is how you're going to be prosperous and successful in raising your kids. This is how you're going to be prosperous and successful in your finances. This is how you're going to be prosperous and successful in your relationships and your marriage. This is how you're going to be prosperous and successful in your relationships with your neighbors. I mean, he lays it out. This is how it happens. Joshua number, verse, uh, number 1, verse number 8. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate. Everyone say meditate. Meditate. To think upon. To think upon. To look intently upon. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous. Everyone say prosperous. Then you will be 
prosperous and successful. Not just here. Not just here, but doing. Loving the Bible. Learning the Bible. And then living it. Living it. Prosperous. God wants you to be blessed. God wants you to prosper. God wants you to succeed. He wants you to be in good health. I mean, every single dimension of your life, God has a plan for you. God has a very clear plan. But it's found here in this book. And if this book isn't in your heart, if you're not meditating upon it, you won't be successful. Those words, prosperous and successful, they're words that ring in our culture because it's what everybody wants. But the pathway that many people choose to find prosperity and success are exactly the opposite. God's laid out a plan and a way for each one of us. The fifth way that we, lead, we build our lives on the Bible is that we respond to it with actions. Look at verse number 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so do, deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Do what it says. Our connection card this morning has an action step. And we've been really, really, really intentional over the last couple of weeks about these action steps. About challenging you to leave here with something in your heart. Challenging you to leave here, living your life by the Word of God. The story that Jesus told in Matthew 7 was about a man who built his house upon the rock. Upon the rock, Christ Jesus. John chapter 1, verse number 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. That Word was Jesus. They studied the Scriptures. They searched the Scriptures to see if they could find eternal life. And Jesus said, I am the eternal life. You see, when you study the Word of God, you get the revelation of who Jesus really is. If you want to know who Jesus really is, you have to study the Word. You can, only, you can never know Jesus apart from how He's revealed Himself in His Word. If you try to, you have all kinds of weird ideas. People have all kinds of weird thoughts and ideas about who Jesus really is. But when you study the Word of God, you'll build your life upon the rock. On Thursday of this evening, I called a lifelong friend. Been a friend of my wife and I for many, many years. And I began to talk to her about her life. And she said, well, actually, the doctors have given me a very bad report. They said, there's really nothing more they can do. I'm in final stages of cancer. It's gone into my brain. Said, All right. They're telling me I'm done. She said, the cancer's gone into my brain. And as I was listening to her, I, I, I know the word cancer is a terrible word in our culture. Cancer is just a word. It's just a word, but it's a dirty word. For most people, cancer strikes hearts, fear into their hearts. As I began to talk to her, I just listened to the assurance. This particular person, I know she's gone through the fears. I know she has, has had all the questions. But when she spoke, when she talked to me, she didn't talk to me of her fears. She didn't talk to me of her negative reports. She talked to me of the Word of God. She just talked to me. She says, my trust is in Christ alone. See, that only happens because that woman has spent years and years and years building her life upon the rock. In 2012, I don't know what's going to come. I don't know what storms are going to come. I don't know what problems are going to come in your life. I don't know what challenges you're going to face, but you're going to have them. You're going to have them. And if your life is not built upon the rock, it'll be like the house that's built upon the sand. It'll just shake 
It'll just be swept away. But if you build your life upon the rock, your life will stand. You will stand the test of time. I'm challenging you today. This campaign, this 40-day kickoff, I'm challenging you for the next 40 days, all of our small groups, everyone in the church, everyone from young and old to participate. If you've got teens in your home, bring them to a small group. Do it as a family. Do it as a family study. I challenge every person here, take this card today. I want you to take this card in front of you. There's a couple action steps. We're not going to do the water baptism. We had a little technical challenge. And uh, so we're not doing that one today. But we are challenging you today to get into a small group. Maybe you're feeling like you want to start a small group. Listen, this morning, you can easily start a small group. If you can open up your home, right? If you can just simply open up your home and you can pop popcorn, and you can turn on the television and work a DVD, you could host one of these small groups. I mean, we're not in control of this. We want, you don't have to be a member of this church to host one of these small groups. In just a moment, I'm going to have the people that are currently leading small groups come, and we're just, Christina is going to hold the mic, and they're going to tell us their name, and they're going to tell us where they're meeting at, and, and then I'm going to pray over them. But I really want you to take this card that's in front of you. Maybe you don't, you already turned your card, and that's okay, just grab another card. I want you to take this card, and I want you to, to sign off one of those things. I'm going to sign up for a small group. I'm going to memorize a, a, a Bible verse. I'm going to invite someone to the service next week to our grand opening millennium. I want you to check one of those boxes, or all three of those boxes, however you feel led this morning. I want to pray for every person here today. I want you to bow your heads with me this morning. If you're here this morning, and you've never had a revelation of Jesus. You've heard exactly what I said. The message has been clear. And today I want you to know, today I want you to know that God does care about you. How do I know that today? Because He showed me in His Word. He showed me, He actually told me, God, He said, I love the world so much that I gave my only Son. He doesn't want anyone in this room to perish. He doesn't want anyone in this room's life to be destroyed. He doesn't want anyone in this room to experience divorce. He doesn't want, he doesn't want anyone in this room to experience financial setback. That's not His plan for you. God has a plan and a way for you. But you've got to follow His Word. You've got to love His Word. You've got to learn it. You've got to learn how to live it on a daily basis. If you're here this morning. You've never given your life to Christ. Well, I'm praying right now. I want you just to repeat this prayer after me. It'll be really simple this morning. You, you've never accepted Christ. I want, you, I want you just to repeat this prayer. We're actually all going to say this prayer together. Could you say this prayer with me today? Lord Jesus, thank you today that I've heard your Word. I thank you inside of my heart. Something's been challenged. And today, Lord Jesus, I surrender to you. I give you my life. Forgive me of my sins. Help me today to love the Word, to learn your Bible, and how to live it on a daily basis. I want to be successful. I want to experience prosperity. But I want to do it your way. In Jesus' name. My small group leaders that are going to be on this campus, if you guys could come and stand across the front right now. Can you give them a great big hand as they come this morning? Let's just welcome them this morning. You guys, just come. And, if you could just stand and face the congregation, that would be awesome. Keith, I guess. If you're not part of a small group, these are the different individuals right now that are, this is not all the people, but this is some of the people that will be leading small groups. And uh, they're going to tell us uh, 
uh, what their name is. They're going to tell us uh, where their small group is. I think that's good. All right, so go ahead and start. Um, Lisa and Tom Wolf, and we are meeting in our home in Oviedo um, Friday night, 7 o'clock. All right, and everybody knows who Tom is, right? All right, so this is Lisa. You may not have met his other half. Uh, Rick Godbold, and we're going to be doing, we're turning Epic, our college ministry, on Sunday nights into one giant small group, and we're just going to go after us. Awesome. So awesome. you guys are invited. All right, perfect. Uh, Diana Dunn. Diana Dunn. Um, Friday night, 7 p.m., Sanford. Sanford, that's just a few blocks from here. So if you live near the church, perfect place. My name's Teresa Benton. I am going to host the Sunshine Women's Group here on campus in the City of Hope building on Thursdays. What time? 10 a.m. This is a morning group for women. If you're, if you're not working, you're available on Thursday morning. Perfect group for you to come to. Good morning. I'm Sean Gibson. I'll be hosting the uh, meetings at my house Friday nights at 7 p.m. If you've got kids, bring them. And uh, I've got a couple little ones of my own. I cook good, and I teach just about as good as well, so I'm just kidding. But anyways, I'd love to see you, and I hope to see you soon. And where do you live? I live in Deltona. I guess you need to know that, don't you? Okay, so this is worth the drive. Listen, do you know that it's, it's, it's faster to go across a bridge to Deltona than it is to, like, go down to uh, Altamont or, or Castleberry? But we have this okay. lake feeling, you know? We feel like we can't go over there. But anyway, so if you live up there, place to go. I'm Laura Smith. We live on the border between Oviedo and Winter Springs, and our group will be 7 p.m. Friday night. And how many of you know who her husband is? Yeah, okay. All right. All right. My name's Keith. Liana. And uh, we're going to be hosting our small group uh, Sunday nights at 6 o'clock in our house, which is right here in Lake Mary. So it's a couple miles from here. And it starts a week from tonight because they happen to be cruising this week. Oh, poor things. My name is Chet. And I'm Marge Dudak. Karen Hamilton. We're hosting our group at our house, which is at 210 Bay Meadow Road on Longwood. And it's between Lake Mary and Longwood. On seven. Thursday at 7:30. Thursday, 7:30. So if you need a if you need a weekday of the week group, I'm Janet and David. And I will be, <laughs> I guess. Um, we're going to be hosting ours at 7 p.m. on Friday nights, and we live where 434 and 1792 meet in Longwood, and it's for 18-year-olds and over. Perfect. I'm Ginger Flack, and I will be hosting my small group on Fridays, and it's actually 6.30, and I live about a mile from here. So if you live near here or even far, you can come to my group. Yeah, actually, it's, uh, it's probably about four blocks. <laughs> I'm Karen Call. I'm warned, and I'd let her speak, because every time I open my mouth, I end up with foot and mouth distance. <laughs> I don't know if I can. My voice is going. Um, we're, we're afternoon, Thursday at 1. Thursday at 1. Awesome. Thursday at 1 o'clock awesome. at their house in Altamont Springs. Amen. Okay, stretch forth your hands. And we're going to build our life on the Word. We're going to build our life in the Bible. We're going to love it, learn it, and live it. Father, I thank you this morning for the work of your Holy Spirit in our hearts. There's a sense of agreement. Thank you for all these small group leaders that are here this morning, Lord. Thank you for their desire to open their homes or to host a group. 
God, I just pray your blessing. Pray your blessing upon these next 40 days. We're asking for you to bring increase spiritually, relationally, emotionally with one another and with you. I pray today, God, that the spirit of multiplication, the spirit of Christ will grow in in our hearts and we will fill this city with the love of Jesus. We will fill this city with the love of Jesus because we're discovering who you are. Bless your people today in your wonderful and mighty name. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen. God bless you. Let's give these guys a great big hand. Stand with me this morning. Keith's going to lead us this morning. We're going to close with this song. Ethan's going to lead us this morning. Let's just worship the Lord as we leave this morning. Is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto.